this morning Hebrews chapter 9 verse 11 to the end of that chapter talks about the ministry of Jesus and this uh, under this heading that I want to bring to you the word of God the ministry of Jesus and as a subheading to it a superior sacrifice the ministry of Christ being a superior sacrifice some years ago, those of you who can remember, in the late 60s, there was a, a, a war that took place between Jerusalem, uh, between Israel and Egypt. And uh, it was known as the Yom Kippur uh, War. I don't know if you can remember that. Maybe some of you have forgotten that because it was all over in, what, 10 days or something. I can't even remember. It was just like, what happened on the Yom Kippur that's the Hebrew for the Day of Atonement. The people were gathered according to the commands of the Old Testament because the Jewish people, of course, do not believe uh, as the Christian people that all of this have now been fulfilled in Christ Jesus. And the Egyptians then thought if the Jewish people were gathered in the, uh, the Day of Atonement, that will catch them uh, unawares. Uh, of course, the outcome of that proved otherwise. But I want to, now that we probably know more about this day, take it back to the Old Testament. And, and with you try, uh, will you then try to, in spirit, go with me to a day that we may call the Day of Atonement, according to the Bible. If you would take an aerial view, you would see people coming from the north and the west, and the south and the east, from all directions they would go to Jerusalem. Because it is a command of the Lord that this was one of those festivals that you could not miss. Once a year, round about October. And people would be going there, each family with a sacrifice. It might have been a, a bull or a calf or a goat or whatever the, 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 the circumstance. And they'd go there because they had to confess their sins. They needed atonement with God. They needed their sins to be forgiven. And they needed then the sacrifice who would be slaughtered and the blood of the sacrifice be sprinkled upon this, the, the, uh, 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 the altar. And there would appear the high priest. And the high priest had a specific uh, address. Uh, and you can go and read about that in the Old Testament. He stood out as someone who would represent God to the people and the people to God. And sometimes we think that all these little things mentioned in the Bible would be without meaning. But one thing we know is God has, uh, has ordained all these things. Even the, the color of the thread of the tunic of the, of the high priest. It was into the finest of detail mentioned. Because in the eyes of God, man cannot worship God on his own terms. Uh, in the eyes of God, all these things meant something. 
But one of the things that the high priest did then, of course, of course he had a, a headgear on him and the turban with, with all these things. And in the middle there, there would be the, the law of the Lord. And then on his, over his chest, there was this thing, the breastplate. And on the breastplate was, 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 was embroidered this, the names of, the, of the, the, the different tribes of Israel. As he would then go into the, uh, into the holy of uh, the, uh, the uh, altar region, uh, he would then take the uh, uh, blood of the bulls and with hyssop, he would dip that, the, the branch of hyssop in that, and he would go and he would sprinkle that on everything. And the whole the idea with this is something died. An animal died. Uh, a life was given for sins. And then when this was done, the high priest then would go into the most holy. This is where the Ark of the Covenant was. And this is where the, uh, the, the tablets of the commandment of the Lord, the Ten Commandments were. He could only do that once a year. And in some cases, some parts of the history, he would only do that once in a lifetime. Because next year it was someone else. But before he got there, he would need to sacrifice for his own sins. He would need to sprinkle blood for his own transgressions. Outside the people would be waiting for him. Inside him and God. And he would sprinkle that. He would do everything according to the commandment of the Lord. And it would be forgiven. And then he'd go out, out of that tent. The inner section of it. Go out into the holy place where God's people were gathered. And he would then in the name of the Lord proclaim forgiveness of sins I think if I was a child then it would have made a huge impression on me to see the blood to see the animals killed to see the high priest to see the people in a solemn moment there's only one thing You'll be back next year. Because that was not enough. Never would the blood of sin, uh, the blood of bulls and any sacrifice be enough. And year after year, it called for a perfect sacrifice to come. All of this was necessary because of sin and the gospel and the Bible message has its main aim of salvation of atonement of being put right with God again that is the whole message because in Genesis chapter 3 there was sin and man then after that would hide from God 
And God came and he put a curse on man. He put a curse on this world. And there was a curse in the relationship between, uh, between human beings. And, and everything God designed then after that was designed to eventually bring back the blessing of, the, of a living relationship with God. But although all of these things was, were necessary, it could never finally do what it was designed for. The problem was this. The sacrifice of an animal was always the death of another for the one who transgressed. The problem with the sacrifice, even with the, with the high priest, was that he took the blood of something else to atone for his own sin. And the problem with the high priest was this. He was a human being, just like us. He was a sinful man. And therefore he had to also bring atonement for himself. Because God is holy. God has no good view of sin. God hates sin. And no one can come in the presence of God without, with, with hands stained with sin. And therefore the blood and everything around it was necessary because the Bible says without the shedding of blood there is no forgiveness of sin. But you can see all this, all this was almost by proxy. It was almost like, there I go, I'll do whatever I can, but point is, it's not mine. Then I stand before the Lord as, as, as one of the members of the people of God, and, and, and I feel bad about my sin, and I confess my sin, but there's nothing I can do about it. Something I can, the only thing I can do about it is to have an animal killed. And then you think about it, is that good enough? No, it's not good enough, therefore you need to be back next year. You need to be back every time there was a problem with you and God. Every time the, you are reminded of your sin, you had to sacrifice something. It was an ongoing thing. And I, in my mind, I, I, I'd like to think that even if you would approach your Jerusalem at those stages, you'd probably be struck by the stench of blood. I, uh, uh, we happened to, to uh, drive in, uh, down to Narricourt. Every time we had to go in border town, there's a, uh, an abattoir there. I don't know, if you've passed by an abattoir and the wind's against you, you know, you know about it. It's, it's, it's about death. And that's what happened there. And there was just no solution to the problem. But, when Jesus Christ came, it changed everything. Why? Well, first of all, Jesus was not like the high priest. He was not full of sin. He was sinless. Jesus was both God 
and man. He was the perfect mediator to, to stand between us and the Father. So he did not, there was no need for him to go in before the Father and say, Lord, I'm sorry. I'm sorry I failed here. Jesus never needed to say that. So there was no need for him to, first of all, sacrifice for himself. But what Jesus did is, in his sinless state, he turned to a world who was sinful. And he took the sins of this world upon him. And being sinless, being a high priest, and you have to read that in Hebrews and understand that Jesus was not high priest according to the, uh, the, uh, the, the line of, of, of the Levites. Uh, he, he didn't need that. He was, he was a high priest in the order of Melchizedek, which means that uh, he, he didn't need to have a father and a mother, and he didn't need to come out of a line of priesthoods. He, he just he was there, sent by God. And he didn't go into the temple. He didn't go into the most holy he went into heaven. He didn't stop there on, on Mount Zion. Why? Because he was not only the perfect high priest. He was the perfect sacrifice. He was the only one who could enter into the presence of God. He is the only one who could take the sins of this world further than just the curtain and the tabernacle and the Ark of the Covenant. And he could bring it before God. And he could then purchase a righteousness that was and is perfect God says look at my son that's the only one that's the only one that could take the, the sins of the world upon him and when he died there on Calvary and when he then rose again and when he ascended into heaven that was the end of blood that was the end of animals that was the end of it all and then he gave us his Holy Spirit and he says, you don't need all these uh, laws of the Old Testament anymore in terms of, don't talk about the moral law of the Lord, that still stands, but we talk about all these instructions about all the fine detail of what you should be doing, otherwise you might still be in trouble. You, you know, that is given to you by the Holy Spirit now, living in you to know who would proclaim to you day after day, if you're a child of God, the sacrifice of Jesus was enough for you. So don't even think of bringing a sacrifice to the Lord. It won't help. 
It's not satisfying in the eyes of God. The only sacrifice you can bring to Him is yourself. And He went into the heavens. And He he procured for us an eternal salvation. And He now not only did that, He is still with God and He intercedes for us at the throne of God. (coughs) What does it mean? It means this. That when you want to talk to God, you go to God through Jesus Christ. Do you need to go to, 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 to Jerusalem to do so? No. Do you need to have an altar someone, somewhere to bring in, in a sacrifice? No. You can be wherever you are and you can confess your sins before God in the name of Jesus Christ. And it is forgiven. You may, you, may, you, may, you may come before the presence of God, knowing that between you and God, Jesus stands. And He intercedes for you. And He's given you your whole, His Holy Spirit. What a wonderful salvation is it that you and I have. I think, I think, because we do not know and understand exactly what it means to bring a sacrifice year after year after year after year, like the people in the Old Covenant. Therefore, we think it's cheap. Therefore, we think we don't understand this, and that's probably true. But every time, every time we stand before God, let's not forget the agony and the pain and the sacrifice of our Lord Jesus Christ, but also not forget the privilege and the joy of coming to Him in His name. Sometimes, some churches still have all these things. They have holy smoke and they have water and sprinkling and all sorts of things. And I think to myself, why, why do you need that? That's all done. But the problem is, perhaps, that because it's all done, because it's all grace, that we may think it's cheap. That's never cheap. It's precious. Therefore, my dear brother and sister, I can proclaim to you an eternal salvation brought about by an eternal high priest who has given himself as the perfect sacrifice so that now, today, tomorrow, every moment of your life, You may know that He intercedes for you and He wants you to have eternal life now. And you may come to the Father through Jesus, His Son. It's perfect. It's done. It will never be done again. So when we go to now to sit at the table of the Lord, we're not sacrificing the Lord Jesus all over again as the Roman church would do. We're just enjoying the benefits of what is already given. And may, as you take the bread and the wine today, you will understand that your Lord, Jesus Christ, knows your name like the priest of the Old Testament with the names of the tribes of Israel written on his breastplate your name is written in the hands of your Savior and he knows you
And if you trust him, you know what? You are eternally saved. Amen.